to full energy From bed right here cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Look on top of the day, couple guess too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own island It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the shell side, with the shell side With the shell side, what we see With the shell side, with the shell side Now it's a new London thing Yo, 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 it's the Shelf Side Podcast, episode 86, Big Bad Lero in the building, what's going on bro? Yeah, I'm here bro, all good, you? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all, getting there, getting there, Kwabna's gone missing again, this so... This guy, man, we need to call the military police out for him, mate, he is always able. AWOL, M-I-A, and he's going to have some excuse, and he's going to tell you that he's gone somewhere, and let's see, let's see, I'm not going to spoil his news, so when he comes back, he can fill us in, but it doesn't matter, we've got Lero in the building, you are furniture, you are regular, you are the guy, so as I said, your name gets mentioned more than anybody else's name anyway, so, you know. You know how it goes. Yeah, I don't even know how that come about, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And you, we went on YouTube because of you. So, guys, we're on YouTube. Check us out. I have to promote the YouTube. We are there, the Shelfside Podcast. You can find us. Just, you know, we're there. Just find us. Wait, wait. We're on YouTube and you didn't even tell me. It's only now I'm finding out. That is crazy. Well, you know, you, you threw down the gauntlet and you know I'm one to take up the gauntlet. Cool. So... It's there. It's cool. there. I tweeted about it, but you're not on Twitter either, so you got to get on Twitter. Oh, I am on Twitter. I just never log in. I, I can't stand Twitter. I'll end up hurting people. So the best thing is I stay off of Twitter <laughs> and I um, leave the keyboard warriors to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Twitter is a wild one. Yeah. It is a very wild space. So, yeah, I don't blame you. Speaking of wild, uh, we had a game last week, Wednesday, and that was kind of wild. Um... Went to Stamford Bridge in the Carling Cup semi-final. It was a semi-final. Um, Conte returning to the club where he won a Premier League title and an FA Cup. And we were thoroughly embarrassed, needless to say, in the first half especially. Yeah. Did you catch any of that game? Yeah, I did. I did. I've kind of tried to pull it out of my mind. So, um, way, really. yeah, it was, it was painful, man. It was really painful. It was typical Spurs going to Stamford Bridge and being scared. There was a period, and I hate, I hate every conversation with Spurs fans. We always say, in the Potch years, or the Potch side, and they were good times, and I don't like harping on about them, but making reference to this point, we've grown up with Spurs sides, well, it's a fact. We've grown up with Spurs sides not being able to win yeah. at Stamford Bridge until Poch, a Poch side did it. Yeah. Right? We've come close with the Lampard over-the-line goal, which wasn't a goal. Um, we needed VAR, needed goal-line tech then, but we didn't have it. It would have worked um, anyway. Say again? It would have worked anyway. No, it wouldn't have. Um, but we've actually, I think before we won there, we actually drew there, I believe, and probably should have won that game and then ended up winning. Delhi came to the fore. So you've got a couple of things there. You've got good old Poch days and when Delhi was good. 
type of vibe going on with the last time we won at Stamford Bridge yeah. and obviously had the Battle of the Bridge which we were well into that game and kind of threw that game away lost our heads a little bit yeah. oh, quite a bit in that game but this side when we, when we rocked up we were nervous you could see we were nervous nobody was more nervous than Tanganga yeah. and I think Davison was a bit nervous um, trying to replace Dyer and then having to face Lukaku so Chelsea were on it the press was always going to struggle with the press and they caught us out. And literally, we gave them the game by making two big mistakes. Yeah. Yes, they had more chances after that. But when you concede so early and then you concede again in the manner that we did, um, there was absolutely no threat whatsoever. And Tanganga heads into Ben Davis. Again, that's going to be a meme. That's going to be trending um, for a long time. But the second half was better. We changed the shape, which I was calling for. You can't always play 3-4-3 if you don't have the personnel. Yeah. And we looked a bit better. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I think we became a bit more comfortable. I think the the fear factor went for a little while because I thought, I think obviously you made some subs. Um, and I think they just thought, do you know what, we're 2-0 down now, we might as well just go for it, do you know what I mean? Regardless, we just might as well go for it. I've got nothing left to kind of be scared about. So um, that's what I think I saw from them. Um, a little bit more structure. And, it, uh, and plus, you know what, Chelsea did take their foot off the pedal as well. So Yeah, there is always a combination. Yeah. Too, yeah. yeah, so that's what I think kind of happened in the second half, to be fair. But we still were at the races. We still didn't offer enough. And um, if I'm honest... It kind of really highlighted that we are we're lightweight at the moment, and we're missing quality and quality players. And uh, a bit, I know we said on another pod, you know, we're talking about his systems versatile, but I, I feel that he's happy with that system, he's trusting that system, and he believes that you know he doesn't have the personnel to play any other system to be fair confidently so that's why i feel that he doesn't change the formation honestly well yeah i mean we went into it was cup week so we went into the next game which was obviously the morcombe fa cup game and it was looking like an awful 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 weeks worth of cup football for spurs up until i think it was 78 minutes in that game and an awful week for Tanganga yeah. as well we rescued it uh, Big Guns had to come off the bench and before that we flew to goal with Harry Winks um, he said he meant it <laughs> um, he is kidding me bro he said me. well this is what he said he said I meant it in the sense where if you over if you under hit it it falls on someone's head. And if you hit it right, it goes in the top bin. And he's referenced Sonny doing it a couple of times. And yeah, he said, unlike the other one, where he mishit a pass by about 10, 20 yards that ended up top bin in the Europa League. So, I mean, he's got a history of overhitting things. Um, but fair play to him. He's claiming this one. It got us back in the game. And then Lucas and Kane scored. But... I think more worryingly for me is the fact that we we had, I think it was 26 chances. A lot of them came centrally. And I think Ryan Session played more 
forward than I thought he would. Um, but I think that's because we dominate possession as you, we should do against a relegation threatened League One side. Yeah. But the goals we scored was the fluky free kick, um, Lucas Moura counter-attacking after a, a press, a high press and defensive error running through on goal. And then Kane getting a quick turn and shot. But we should have really dominated this side with the players that we had on the pitch. And to your point earlier about the quality and the depth and in the squad, it is becoming very worrying. Um, Kwabna asked the question to me earlier about... Um, what was his question now? Yeah, do you believe in cup teams or not? Now, we Nuno did this famously when he left the f- entire first team bar, I think it was Lloris at home, and played a completely different outfield team for the Europa Conference League game that we ended up losing. And Conte made a load of changes for this game. But it's Morecambe. No disrespect to Morecambe, but you are fighting for relegation in League One. Not having a great season. We're at home and we've got seasoned internationals playing and players that cost a lot of money. That was fair, right? He should have been able to do that and should have been able to expect to get a result. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, obviously, you know, all the Spurs groups and Spurs chats are rife right now. So... We've had these conversations for the last couple of days quite a few times. And I think, you know, many people have kind of alluded to this. that um, You know, oh, yeah, well, it's not the first team or, you know, they, they don't play together. They train together every day. Every day. They go through the same, um, you know, meetings where they talk about the style of play, what's required of you. And it's not that you're not in a starting eleven, so you don't get spoken to about what we're trying to achieve or the way we want to play, you know. You train with these guys, you guys play um, training matches, you know how Dyer runs, you know how Ali runs, you know what suits him and you know what doesn't suit him. The only thing I will give them is, okay, you and I both know when you're playing regular... There's things that you just do naturally and the ball ends up in the top corner. You're not even thinking about it because you're now in motion. And I get that. Like That's the only side of it I get. The other side, I don't get anything else. Okay, all right, that may not go in, in motion. You may actually have to think about it, position yourself, put that ball in the top corner, but it still goes top corner. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I don't uh, agree with this cup side or non-cup side, you should be able to bring in, this is, mate, if we was flying to Munich and, uh, you know what, that's not a good one to use. If we was flying to Mallorca and the first team crashed on the plane and there was no survivors, that reserve team is meant to be able to step into the line and be the first team. Yep. You know, we should be able to compete in that league with that team. Well, exactly. And the likes of Delhi. Tongi Winks came into the side against Liverpool and they didn't play like reserve players then, did they? They played like first team players. Yeah. Yes, they had Kane and Son up top, finally, but they weren't playing. We did some interactive football there, but most of it was counter-attacking football. So 
my point there is, if you play in one game, yes, you don't play with the shape may not be exactly the same, even though they would have worked on the shape. But maybe the shape was slightly different with so many changes. However, your point is valid, Lero. You work with these players every single day. You would play 11 against 11. So if you are the reserve team, you are working with these players against the so-called first team. And then they will change it around. But I know for a fact they worked on shape with those 11 players for two or three days. The system doesn't change. Regardless if you're in the first level or not, the system is what's taught at the training ground. It's the same system that we're learning. Yeah, so it's for me then it comes down to a bit of desire, a bit of people feeling sorry for themselves, a pe people probably trying to hold back. Maybe we're in January now, people got one eye or two eyes on moves. Um, there's a lot of talk around a lot of Spurs players on the way out, not so much on, on the way in. Uh, somebody who, well, two players really highlighted different things um, on Sunday. Uh, two of the players who we have, have had high hopes for and two players that are very quick to get ridiculed because of the lofty price tags that um, they came in for. One is... The Celso, I think it's a total of 53 million, and the Ericsson replacement. And the other is Dombele, who is a record sign in, and the Dembele replacement of sorts. There's infamous clips of Lo Celso not being able to take a corner. This game, and I think it was the previous game he played, uh, I think it was Everton, yeah, Everton in Conte's first game, away at Goodison. Um, I've often said his strike on the ball is very weak doesn't get very far with and if he does it's not with much power and he was looking like that on Sunday and his he actually slipped over when the ball was past him and it was I think that's going to be a meme but this is a guy who has qualified to the World Cup final um, recently he's also won the Copa America and rubs shoulders and looks great alongside Lionel Messi and the other is our record signing who I have been a massive fan of, massive fan. If you listen to this pod, you know myself and Kwabna rate this guy highly and want to see more of him. Lero's a bit more reserved, understands his talent, but doesn't like the fact that he's having so many difficulties and he's been there three years now and you haven't got much time for the kind of excuses around Don Belle. I appreciate that. But the fans finally had enough on Sunday and they booed him off the field. I'm not so sure he should have ran off the field, but I think the running, the not running off the field is indicative of the way he presses. Um, when he plays, he actually didn't sprint against Chelsea, and I don't believe he sprinted against Morecambe. There was a lot of old man jogging, as it was referred to on Twitter. Yeah. Where do you stand on the fans booing Dombele? <clears throat> and should they have booed Lo Celso as well? And what do you think their futures are? Do you know, okay, so the whole booing thing for me, I don't know. You know, like, people say, oh, I wouldn't have booed a player. You see me, if I was at the match and I felt some type of way, I would boo you. Like, the sheer fact that this is your job and you get paid to do this, I can boo you. Booing's not abusing. I'm not racially abusing you. I'm not abusing your wife. I'm saying that I'm displeased with the job that you're doing. 
you know? And I'm letting you know that and I'm letting the club know that and the rest of the world. So I, I'm not saying that they should have booed or they shouldn't have booed, but if you felt to boo, then boo. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially if you're not a negative person and you're one of those people that truly support the club and just had enough. Just like players get frustrated and, and people say they're human beings, we're supporters. Many of us would, have, yeah. would love to be on that football pitch and you wouldn't have to pay us half as much and I'm sure we'd put in a great shift if we were as fit as them. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I mean, you said that you, wouldn't, you didn't necessarily think he should have run off the pitch. Um, why not? No, when I say I don't think he necessarily should have run off the pitch, what, I'm, what I mean was I don't think it should have been such an issue because there was a double substitution. So the other person, come, there was somebody else coming off. So the fact that he didn't get off the pitch um, very quickly, almost in technical terms is irrelevant yeah. because the game couldn't restart yeah. sooner. That was my point as yeah. opposed to, I get the body language, I get the fact that he should have got off as quickly as possible and it just enabled the fans to get on his back even more so I know all of that I was just saying technically it didn't mean the game was going to restart any quicker because no. it's still a sub 100% no you're 100% right there I just think as you said the body language you know you're losing a game you ain't had such a great game but you want your club and your teammates to win this game. And it's psychological, isn't it? You know, you, you, you sprinting off and them sprinting on, it's like there's an energy, an energy, an urgency. The fans can see it. We can feel it. Let's get on it. Let's support our team. And he kind of just sombered the mood by just like, yeah, all right, cool. And the worst thing is, if he sprinted off the pitch and sprinted straight down the tunnel, or, you know, it might have looked laboured, but run down the tunnel... I don't think many people would have had anything to say. They would have been like, oh, maybe he's injured, he's going down the tunnel. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. you got off the pitch with an energy, with a, with a body language that said, come on Spurs, like, I want you to win. And he didn't do that. Yeah, and if you catch some stills of the teammates, they don't look impressed about him no. going down the tunnel. So no. I'm not sure what the future lies for Don Bele, but I think I am at my end with Don Bele myself and that's a, I can't believe I'm saying that because I know the talent that's there but the talent is not coming out the talent's mm. not going to come out this is four managers now he's had so many arms around his shoulder if you're not interested in performing at home in the FA Cup against Wickham in the third round and you can't turn it on and you're not injured then I'm I'm sorry but when are you going to do it? Like, at this point? No, that's very true. So here's the the kind of counteraction, the argument, the devil's advocate for that. Many people are saying the four managers that you've had um, is the problem. You know, we've had no consistencies. Um, the, the signings after him haven't shown him that the club are ambitious and going in the right direction. Um... What else has been thrown out there? Style of play, you know, that they've, you know, instead of building a team around him and his style of play, and also, like, almost having him as a, you know, a spare man, you know, like the team around him works so well that he doesn't have to put in the work, you know, is the, the main arguments I'm hearing at the moment. What do you think about any of them? So he's sulking. It sounds like he's sulking, but if we, if we address those arguments, it's fine. 
this is the Premier League. It's very difficult to have one player that doesn't have to work, right? Most of the top Premier League sides and top sides in Europe, in fact, press first, play afterwards. So I don't see how where he goes where he doesn't have to put in an effort. Now, he has put in efforts before, but he doesn't get up to sprinting pace. Um, but he does has put in effort before. With regards to the signings, yeah, I mean, we haven't made a statement signing after him. We brought Bale back, which was supposed to be the statement and could have been more of a statement, but obviously wasn't fancied, wasn't trusted by Jose at the time. But yeah, fair enough. Build a team around you? Well, unfortunately for Don Bele, I don't think that's ever going to be the case. He didn't build... If you look at the, our best side in recent years, who is the team built around? It wasn't built around one player. It was a system that worked. If anybody, in the early days, it was built around Delhi. Delhi had that freedom, but Delhi still had to work. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think but, it was built around him. I think it was a system that accommodated Delhi. It wasn't... Yeah, yeah accommodated. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't evolved. built... Yeah, it wasn't built for him. No, and then when you've got Kane and Son in your side... I don't think you're going to turn around and build it around Dombele. The most Dombele can hope for is two holding, potentially, um, or even one holding and him having to do work. Let's let's be honest, let's have it right. When he played at Lyon, he played in a two. Yeah. Right? He played as a deep-lying playmaker, um, similar to what Moutinho does for Wolves, for Premier League fans, um, and what Aurea does now. Him and Aurea dovetailed and it was him and Talisa I do believe that dovetailed so he never really played 10 um, and he always had to do some share of the work but yes it's not Liga Liga is um, not as strong as the Premier League as in all the teams and it's not as physical and not as quick as the Premier League yes it is more technical and we know that. But technical players have had to come to the Premier League and adapt. Adapt to physicality, adapt to the pace, adapt to the up-and-down nature, the less tactical nature. And, what, and guess what? They've gone away and they've become Ballon d'Or winners, yeah. Luka Modric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've also been played out of position. Yeah. And they've gone away, got stronger, got tougher, got more tactical wear and become five times Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so the Premier League is different, but the Premier League has a way of strengthening you up and allowing you to be able to go and play in any league in the world if you want to. If you want to go and play in Italy, yeah. if you want to go then play in Spain. If you're a technical player I'm talking about, you have to be technical to then go and play in these leagues, but you also develop the power, the pace and understanding of how to play at a high intensity. Then you can go to Germany and you can go and dominate. And yeah. those two are really good examples of that. Yeah. Um, lightweight players that came to the Premier League and adapted and then became Ballon d'Or winners. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So then, um, do we think that if we sold him to Watford, he would now be a good player? A well-beaten player, a Ballon d'Or winning player? I think that Watford would accommodate him more and yeah. they may play a 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. Yeah. And because they know he's their best player technically, and they will try and bring the best out of him, so they may give him no work to do. Yeah. But 
Watford won't then be competing for the Premier League title. No. Watford will have great moments. What Watford will be like JJ Okocha for Bolton. Yeah. Well, this, the reason That's why I you, ask... You might see great highlights. Yeah, no, no. The reason why I ask is because I feel that a lot of people are also saying that, you know, it's down to them selling Aurier Sissoko and he's not happy. And you know my stance on this. Like, all these things, all the reasons and all the excuses. Don't get me wrong. I do believe there's, you know, uh, you can have an amalgamation of things that happen that could cause you, you know, misfortune and things not go your way. Cool. I don't think for the length of time that um, he's been at the club, we could keep making excuses for him. I'm like, you're a footballer, you get fit, you understand what's required of you, and you go out there and own the pitch. Do you know what I mean? With his talent, you go out there and own the pitch. Okay, you never used to do a lot of running or as much running as you do at Spurs. You adapt. You're not coming to a club and you'll say, well, my style of football is the best style of football in the world, so the club should adapt to me and the way that I play ball. Yes, we want your attributes, but what you're saying is, what we can't make you a better player by working a little bit harder, running a little, actually getting to a top speed sprint. Nah, mate, like, the attitude is completely wrong. It's just wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong, and you touched on a good point. And we did state this uh, when Aurier left and then when Sissoko left, that Dombele would be the one that was losing his big brothers. Um, but you would thought, if you really want it to work, as you touched on, you've been at the club for years, you've made other friends, you know who you can lean on. And if you want to move, the best way to get a move is to perform like the dog's bollocks. Yeah, be a hot, hot boy. You'll get, you've got to remember, you signed a six-year contract. Spurs have the option of the six-year. You're on 200 bags a week. You can't just move like that. It's not that straightforward. No. You can move if you fulfill your potential and better your potential, then someone will give you that 200 grand a week yeah. plus and pay the asking price that Levy's going to want. So, badly advised, badly off the pace, and I'll be sad if he goes. Um, but I do think his race has been run at Spurs. Well, you know what? I... I believe his race is run, but I, I think he's going to get a reprieve because we're not going to get rid of him in January. Well, do you know what? Let me re no, I'm not going to retract that. Let me see how good Parataji is. You know, let's see how good he is because for me, there's nowhere for him to go. The clubs where he could go, they don't need him and they don't want him. They're not going to want someone like that. You know, you want a world beater that's doing it week in, week out. So um, his wages are obviously a problem. So for me... I think he's not going to go in January. He'll soak probably till the, like just before the summer. I think he'll understand and realise that, you know what, I want to play football, I want to play, I want to get out of this club. And then he will start playing. And, you know, opportunities will come. We'll bring in other players. Opportunities will come. And he will see, when you know, when a team's bouncing and bouncing and playing ball, you want to be a part of that. And I think he'll force his way back in. And I think we'll have him till next year's summer. Like next year, summer, this summer. No, I think we'll have him till next year, summer. I don't even think they'll be able to get rid of him if he doesn't start performing this year. I don't think we'll get rid of him in the summer either. I think he will be one of those players where you know it's a bit of a rotten apple, and then you'll just see the reemergence of him. I believe that the difference between him and Delhi, I believe that he could actually do that at will when he decides that he wants to start playing. He's going to start playing. Yeah. 
you know, as long as he gets the opportunity. At the moment, he don't want to play. Like, and, you know, you don't play, you don't score the type of goals that you scored, play the type of football that you've played, play the through balls that you've played, tricks and skills and dominate a midfield. Because we know he's been in there and he's, you know, he's had a good season in there when he was playing under Mourinho. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying he was the best player in the world, but he's had some games where this guy's run the show. You know, and we've seen him at, uh, you know, um, Leon, he was running the show. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, Barca, Man City. Yeah, exactly. exactly. To that, yeah. So, you don't just go from that to not being able to play ball. This guy can play ball. He's just he's just a big baby. Honestly, he's just a big baby. She's called him Big Baby Miller. <laughs> so, if you believe we'll keep Don Belle, I was going to throw a curveball question in Not there. by choice, oh, though. may save it. Remember I said it's not, by, not by choice. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. So I'm just going to ask, though, do you think, because there's likes of Bergwijn could be off. Yeah. I'm going to come on to him in a second. Uh, apparently we're taking offers for Delhi, uh, Doherty, um, maybe La Celso, and one other, one other, one other. It escapes me. But the question is, we're fighting for Champions League, we're fighting for top four, because we're still unbeaten in the league. Yeah. Kwabner's favourite saying we're still unbeaten under Conte but I always have to add in brackets in the league yeah. um, and that means we're still in a position and technically fourth if we won our games in hand as I said the other day yeah. but if we have an overhaul in January would that impact the top four chase? If we buy smart and I think you know we'll need a solid three players a solid three players like I say, let's not worry about the goalkeeper for now. You know, yeah, we do need a goalkeeper, but we, you know, I'm not worried about the goalkeeper for now. If we get a solid three players, we get another solid midfielder, uh, we get a striker, and it's either or. For me, I feel like we're gonna. If I was gonna pick one out of the two, we definitely need a left back. Like, yes, if I, I know. Um, so Emerson. you're not happy with Cesson, you're not happy with Reggie I'm not happy with Cesson. Like, I don't trust him. I'm not saying that he's not good and he's not, you know, I'm not seeing some things. I don't trust his body. And I don't trust Reggie body. And they, do you know what, to me, they seem similar players. You know, they'll have an amazing game, a little bit of overexertion, you know, uh, and one of their muscles. or You know, like, for me, you're not going to get week in, week out, or even tandem week in week, or every other week with them two. Like, you know one of them's going to come out of, you know, the run-ins or with an injury for at least a month, two months, and that will be like twice or three times in the season. I'm not saying that there's, you can't change that around, but it's, I don't trust, you know, like we had other players like that and then they hit a, a point and then they stop being injured. Do you get what I'm saying? They mm. they learn to not be injured anymore. They learn to kind of play through certain things and, you know, their mental kind of uh, attitude towards injuries and how they feel changes. So that makes a massive impact on how um, how often they get injured. I don't think Sesson uh, Young's mentality is there. He would have to have like three massive games on the bounce right now. Believe, put Regalong out of the squad and then go on uh, a, a nice run for him to actually, I think, even begin that process. And I don't see that happening. So 
I don't trust him. I think we can cover the right-hand side, but the left-hand side, I don't think we can cover because I think one of them will be injured for a long period of time and then we're stuck with just the other one and we know he's not going to last. I hear you. So you're saying you you want to target the brittle side as opposed to the weaker side? Yes, yes. You'll get, you'll get games out of Emerson and you'll get loads of games and when we need to rest him... Depending on you can listen. I'll even play Sanchez there when uh, Rodon's um, Rodon Romero's back. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, I'm happy with that. We brought him on against who was it? Norwich. It was uh, Nor- Sanchez. Yeah, I think we oh. took off. To, sang, uh, we took off. Uh, yeah, Tanganga and brought on Sanchez San- as a right-sided centre half. Was it right? a right back, but he has played right back for Spurs before. Listen, I'm playing right back. Straight playing right back. I think <laughs> over Doherty. Yeah, my man's got a goal, bro. He, he's not a footballer for Spurs. No way. He's got a goal. Okay. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, I mean, look, no overhaul, but it looks like we need to raise cash. And there's a strong rumour that Bergwijn has not completed his deal, but has agreed personal terms with Ajax. And the fee needs to um, be agreed. He's an asset that is a saleable asset. I get it. He's young. They haven't forgotten what he can do in Holland. He actually performed very well in his last game for Holland. That mm-hmm. got them to the um, World Cup. Yeah. So his name is still ringing bells in his homeland right now. So is it the right strategy to sell Bergwijn because of his value only because I think he's got something to offer and has had moments even this season even in the last couple of weeks but if we need to sell he's one we can sell so we sell him is that right? No definitely not definitely not we, we need options and if we don't have attacking options I feel that we're, what are we going to do? Him out and someone in to replace him. Do you know what I mean? I feel that we need the options. Look, I'm not, I don't even want to go into another part of this pod because I know we're going to speak about him in a bit, but this Traore, like, I'm not a big fan. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a big fan. I love the pace. uh, I love the strength, but I'm not a big fan. But if we got him in and we still had Bergvine, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be one or the other. Sounds like Bergwijn's going to pay for Traore. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work for me. I think that's the wrong move. You know, yes, we're struggling to get Delhi out. No one wants these players. Why would you? Like, I wouldn't want him. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I understand what they're trying to do, but Man United wouldn't ramp to keep their man there and bring in the men that they need. And, you know, they'll work it out after then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I make you right. United operate in debt. We try not to operate in debt. Um, we don't have their revenue. But you're right, it's the winning mentality. And this is something that we need to start adopting. And the option is a very good point because you spoke on Regulon's um, inability to remain fit. And a lot of that, I think, is to do with his, his explosive nature. And he is a bit brittle and slight in size. But Son is another one who gets muscular injuries yeah. because he's often burnt out. Yeah. His direct replacement should be Bergwijn. Yeah. Right? I know Gil play, or Brian plays on the left as well. But his direct 
replacement, somebody who has performed in the Premier League, who's been in the Premier League for a couple of seasons now, can be explosive, scored the other day, should be Bergwijn. Yep. Why the hell are we considering selling him? Mate, this is where uh, you, you sit back and you think to yourself, and I think I've had to do this quite a bit this week. Um, you say to yourself, right, am I going to stop and actually allow this process to be this new process and hope that Paratici and, uh, and um, Conte um, can make something happen and actually build something and they're going to be trusted by the directors and given the backing? Or are we going to do what Spurs does and have done for years and neglect the football pitch? And I battled with myself and I thought, you know what? If there's ever a time for that to happen, it's now. You're not going to get a better manager than the manager we've got. Um, I don't even want to hear people blaming. Yes, me, me and you both have said he should have changed the formation a few times. But that's trust. Do you know what I mean? I think that's trust. Do you know, he knows that this system will stop them from losing the game. If he changes it, will it? Do you know what I mean? So, um, and would it help them win the game? So, for me... Um, I just think to myself, you know what? If there's a time for them to back them, it's now. And I'm not saying January's the be-all and end-all of it, but you could clearly see and I could clearly see. Yeah, we'll get... You know what? We will get into our stride because I think we've won games and we've not been in our stride. We've just worked really hard and got what we needed to get out of it with a bit of luck. But I feel that, um, you know, we will get into our stride. But what will our stride be enough to take us to top four? Not with the squad that we've got. Right, or keep us in the top four when we get there, not with the squad that we've got. We're, we're going to need other players. And I think, you know, it will show real intent if he brings in three players now and starts backing that Conte era. OK, we're not, we might be in a bit of debt or it might have been a bit more than he wanted to spend because it kind of impacts the summer budget. But you know what? Juggle the figures, man. Like, if you know this guy's going to be here for the long term, give him what he needs in January within, you know, three players, you can't argue with that. Then back him again in summer with, a, you know, with how many players he needs, pay the money and take carry that debt over to next year. Do you know what I mean? Because if he performs on the pitch, we'll be in Champions League. That will ease some of the debt. He, we, we might win a couple or two. Like, that will bring in a bit more revenue. Then, you know, bank on your boxing and your, your American football and all that. Carry that debt over. If you know that this is the man for you and you're gonna, uh, he's the man to get us to where we need to be, mate, we need to carry debt over. So you make very good points and you're speaking about what Levy should do. How optimistic are you, you know about I'm... Levy actually doing any of this and backing the man and can't pay DM season a day with the best manager he potentially could get his hands on? Listen, he has to. Like, he's got out of so many callers. Uh, I don't even know how he's done it. He is like a cat with so many lives. Do you know what I mean? But I don't feel that he can get out of this corner. Because if he doesn't back Conte, who are we going to bring in? He's trying to do this whole bringing a man to work with the squad that we've got to get us to um, the heights that, you know, Champions League... Mate, that was a one-off. And we had a good squad then. We actually did have a good squad. You've tried to scrimp and scrape, bring in man, do these edit deals with, 
uh, you know, well, do you know what? The Vinicius deal wasn't an idiot deal. It was actually a good deal because he got someone in. It was a body there. Um, and I weren't against him. But you're bringing in the Jensen's and this one. Like, mate, you've done some <laughs> dodgy stuff, Jets. bruv. Like, just to try and fill the gap. Now you've Jeez, got... and Koku. Don't, don't. Because, listen, I'll get my list out. <laughs> I'll get my list out. There's some, been some shocking players. Like, And then, now you've got Conte, like... A manager that knows how to win things, he's got a model, you know, we could clearly see, you could clearly see that he's a winning manager, regardless of, you know, our results. You've been to the ground, you know, your season ticket holder, you go to the ground, so you can see what he brings to the game. Do you know what I mean? You know, others that watch it on TV, you could clearly see what this guy brings to the, 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 the footballing world. You're not going to get a replacement for him that's on his level, so you have to back him. What do you do now if you don't back him um, and he leaves, what's going to be the backlash from the Spurs supporters? Because there's nothing more. You can't get yourself out of jail no more. So what's going to happen? He has to back him. Yeah, I think it's Graham Potter's after um, Conte. I honestly do. Um, and Kane and Son will be the wrong side of the wrong side that they're already on anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's if they remain. So your two prize assets over the last, well, two of your probably five, six prize assets over the last six, seven years um, will be gone. And you haven't replaced them, you haven't won anything. Which manager's going to come in now? They're going to come in and say, you've got Dane Scarlett, bless him, and Bergwijn if he's even there. So it's it's not the same thing. Now's the time. Yeah. Um but Conte is volatile. That has been his part of his downfall. I think he demands back in. He demands it, wants it, wants to win now. <sighs> Do you see this relationship go in the distance? I know it's an eight no. contract. Hell no. Hell to the nizzle. Like, the reason why, come on, man. There's no way, and I don't care what anyone says, uh, I'll dare you to prove me wrong. I've said it before, there's no way that Conte came to this club without assurances. Impossible. Impossible, right? Agreed. I understand that he, don't get me wrong, because I could see it in him, and I understand that he, he's, he could see there's a process. Like, and he's like, okay, maybe, remember he's a, a a growing man as well. He's made mistakes in the past. You know, he's had loads of different options and, you know, he's done the, the massive clubs with the money to throw at the team. He's done that. This is a different challenge for him. And I don't think, unlike any of the other challenges, he doesn't want to succeed here. He wants to succeed. So I think he's going to give us that year, you know, um, see what we do in January, see what we do in the summer, Yeah. If summer ain't working out, I think he may bounce. Do you know what I mean? But I think, you know, I'm not worried about him leaving if they back him. So, you know, I was going to ask you, when's Graham Potter, when do you see Graham Potter coming in? Because if they back him in January and back him in, um, in the summer, there's no reason for him to go anywhere. And that will be them sticking to their word. And I think he will give us everything that he's got. But if he, they don't back the man, boy... I feel summary is gone. Like, you know, and it will be middle of the transfer window. You're just seeing my man's out. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, he's identified players that he wants out. He's definitely identified players that he wants in. Um, I guess what you're saying is Conte can't win anything without backing. Not Not, I don't mean that in a negative way. At the current club he's at in Tottenham, we don't have a winning mentality, which he's already highlighted. He and Jose both highlighted the fact that there's a lot wrong here. So I think we need changes in order to certainly maintain a a proper challenge of sorts in something. I don't mean winning the Carabao Cup and not having to face one of the top guns. We're facing one of the top guns now. We're going to have to face one of the top guns in the final if we get there. So can we do that without the backing? No. We don't. We don't have the squad. And I know what you're saying. You know, I know a lot of people be like, well, you know, he's brought so many players on and galvanising. You know, you kind of work on their actual skill set and you, you progress them. How much progression? This guy's not a magician. How much progression do you think he's going to get? How many other managers have had to send players out alone for them to start learning and understanding their craft, missing home, but having to work hard and then getting the rewards or not getting the rewards where they're going. But it's growth. Do you know what I mean? You need that time. You need to be able to play without, sometimes without fear, you know, of like Tanganga, for instance, he's a prime one. He needs to be able to play without fear because the guy that's playing now is not the guy that started against Man City. Or the guy that started against Liverpool. Or Crystal Palace. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though he's a, I feel that he was a bit erratic in that game, he wasn't shaky and scared. My man's scared at the moment. Like, yeah, sure. He sh- if you, if you, like, you watch football, you understand football, there's a clear gaping hole in the middle of that Spurs side. We've got players that are... The culture's all wrong. We've got players that, as I said... You're not going... Okay, some because of their uh, physical makeup, you're not going to get many games out of them in a row. Some of them because they physically don't want it. I believe if Lacelso was somewhere else, you'll get a hell of more games out of him. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to play. I've heard it firsthand. He does not want to... Um, he's never said that he doesn't want to play, but you can see he cries off um, with injuries and these issues and would rather play for Argentina than play for Tottenham at the moment and that's a massive problem and he's supposed to be our creative midfielder Dombele is supposed to be a creative midfielder Delhi is put in that bracket as a creative midfielder although it's very different as we've touched on he provides goals more than assists and gets on the end of things so slightly different but sorry go no no I was just going to say I was going to jump in there because you said Delhi. And because Carl's not here to speak for himself and refuses to get in <laughs> He back said in, next week. <laughs> yeah, refuses to get back into this argument. What position does Delhi play? You're saying he's meant to be in that creative... Where is Delhi's position? Well, he plays centre-forward on Sunday. Uh, okay, you could have put played... him in goal. You could have put him in goal. That, what does that mean? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know where Delhi's first position is. Not in a modern game. Not in a Conte system. I don't know what Delhi's position is. Um, not many of those creative players have a position in Conte's side at the moment. But, as Kwabner will say, and he said on a pod for a couple of weeks, Fabregas and Eriksen as examples build a steady ship, and I think then he brings in the creative players um, to play in the established side. And I don't necessarily see Delhi in that role. 
but potentially Lo Celso and Don Bele. Um, so yeah, I don't know is the answer to your question, but I'm going to give you a question as you throw a curveball on me. I'm going to throw a curveball on you. All right, cool. Deli Don Bele Lo Celso. I'm not even going to say start one. Make one sub, put one out on loan, sell one. Hit me. Ooh. Ooh. All right. It was going to be Winks until Winks scored that worldie. Listen, I, I'm not even sold by that resurgence. We we just know <laughs> that my man, he does love the club and he gives his all. But I still don't reckon he's the answer. Do you know what I mean? And yes, a good squad player. But anyway, I digress. Sell Delhi. Uh, sorry, it was sell, loan. No, sell, put one in the first team and one as a sub, yeah? No, sell, loan out. And, Keep. yeah, make one sub, because I know you're not going to start any of them. All right, so, Delhi sold. Oh, no, because he keeps surviving. He keeps surviving. Um, and is this based on the fact of, you know, what he's going to do for the club, as in revenue and all the rest of it? Or is However it just... you want to dice it up. However you want right, to dice cool. it up. <laughs> uh, Personal feelings could, could just be how you want to do it. Sell the Celso, loan Delhi, put Don Bele on the bench. <laughs> Bruv, that was I a loaded dice. It was a loaded dice, man. <laughs> loaded dice. I'm not guys, happy with none of them. <laughs> guys, if you're listening, I want to know what you would do because it is a tough question. It is a really tough question. Um, but we spoke about three creative type midfielders there. The argument is, has been raised. A creative midfielder is more important to us right now than signing a striker. What do you reckon? No. For the listeners who can't see the video, Lero is actually twitching his mouth and his <laughs> eyes, he's thinking. I was biting my lip. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to go with a striker. I'm going to go with a striker. A striker that may not play when we have a fit Kane and a fit Son. No, you adapt the side to fit in the strike. If the striker's good enough and he's pushing, um, you, you know, I for me personally, Kane does. He's not a uh, an ongoing starter. You know, like yeah, if he's fit, if my man's on fire, then my man's on fire. You have to sit on the bench. That's me personally. Obviously, you know, the manager may look at it a little bit different. But you work the system, you get all three of them in there, you know. Uh, because when we lose a main focal point, we might as well not have a team. Whereas we've been playing without a creative uh, player and still getting some results. So if we up the level with the players that we've got, we should we should do a bit better. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to have to, as Quab, in Quabner's absence, I'm going to have to play uh, devil's advocate then. Yeah. Um, um, I guess my argument would be the the games in which we have played against the real top sides when we struggle to retain possession. Yeah. It highlights the need, and Liverpool's an exception because we played counter-attacking football really well there. But Chelsea, for example, we couldn't get a foothold in that game. You could argue Kane didn't hold the ball up well. I didn't see much of it. But I feel like when you got that player, and I've said this before with what Ericsson gave us, who can act as a pressure valve, 
He can take the ball in any position, any time. He will recycle the ball and then go and get it back. All whilst edging your team as a whole up the field. Not just your strikers, not just counter-attacking, but taking it, moving it, recycling it, taking it, moving it, recycling it. Only releasing the ball when he has to or when a forward pass is on. Thus, giving your team territory, possession and momentum. I think those players are invaluable. And in addition to that, in games when we're dominating, Southampton, down to 10 men, 1-1 at the time, two points basically puts us in the top four. And we can't break down, and let's be honest, an average Southampton side um, shows me the lack of creative attack-minded midfielder is killing us. Yes, I agree. I agree. No, I definitely agree. Um, you know that I've obviously, I've been talking about creative. We, we've got similar football minds. So, you know, you can clearly see that that's missing. But, okay, so I'll flip it back on you. So let's put the creative player in there because we did need him against Southampton. We did need him against... We, 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 we need him against many a team that we play. But let's put the creative uh, midfielder in there and then take out Kane or a main focal point. Are we not in a similar position? We're retaining the ball, but we've got no one to, to kind of finish it off. We've got no focal point because he can, it's all good that he can recycle the ball and all the rest of it. That's great. But when we need the ball to be held up, for that creative um, player to get back on the other end of that ball and then create something for us to finish, there's no one to finish. I hear you. I hear you in terms of holding the ball up. I definitely hear that because that will be a man he's going to bounce off and find a different angle and give it back to in a different position and slot him in. I do hear that. But I want my creative midfielder to give me 18 goals like Bruno. So he wow. might pop up with a goal. Yeah. He just may not be able to get up the field to get you that goal. Okay, so this is my for instance, or look at a quality player, yeah? Now, you see um, Mora's goal against uh, Morecambe, yeah? Yes. Mora doesn't score that if Kane didn't do everything that Kane did to, um, in the build-up to that goal. Everything. Do you remember the goal? Yeah. Yeah, he sprinted. Kane actually ran faster than centre-half. But what was he doing when he was running? He was looking over his shoulder. Where was he running? Yeah. If you think yeah, about... take it away. No, no, not in the beginning, he wasn't. He was actually running um, closer to Son, yeah? Because what was... To Lucas. To Lucas, sorry. Because what yeah, was yeah. happening is that defender was, wanted to come across and cut um, Mora. Yeah. So yeah. Kane running a line where you kind of couldn't get around me yeah, mm -hmm. and then when Lucas got to the, the, the main point where, right, he's could either go wide and um, wide and round the goalkeeper or um, slot came through, that's when Kane, his angle changed and he started running towards uh, the box. So if you rewatch yeah. that, he held that defender off by sprinting, he's watching over his shoulder, making sure that the defender was on the wrong side of him. Across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, you know, like, that's the difference between someone that knows what they're doing and goals in the side. Because if he didn't do that, that defender only had one option. 
And that would be, you're not going to stay with Kane. You're going to close down the man with the ball. You're going to try and protect the Go to the, the danger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go to the danger. So, um, you know, I just thought it was brilliant. You know, and you know me, I, I like, I'm not a Kane lover. Like, I like what he does for the squad. Um, you know, I love the goals he brings. But I'm not a, oh, you know, like, diehard Kane. Don't think about anything else, Kane. No, I'm honest with him. And I just thought that run was brilliant. Absolutely. And a lot of people wouldn't even have looked at it and seen what he'd done. Yeah, so, I mean, I make you right. So, Kane has a passion for NFL. And that was almost like, a, I think it's a linebacker. Don't get at me if it's wrong. A linebacker protecting his quarterback. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, just stopping the guy getting to his quarterback, allowing him to run. And that's what they do, legal blocks and stuff. No yellow flags flying out. And, yeah, he, he got the touchdown. Yeah, basically he did. So, so yeah, no, that's that's very um, good observation there. I must admit, I didn't... Um, see that myself in the first one I'm going to watch that again so you want Kane you want a striker to push Kane and to give us different options and I do get that and ideally in the ideal world we should have both right yeah. we, we shouldn't be talking about one or the other Yeah. but it's definitely arguments for both I'm going to let Kwabna and Carl weigh in on this debate when they they resurface but I think we've gone for a lot tonight. I think we've got Chelsea coming up in a couple of days' time. How do you see that game going? And um, where do you think we head after that, regardless of result? Do you know what? I'm just hoping for a magic night of football. You know, a cup night of football. Uh, we have no right to beat them, play that well, have that much desire and drive and fight. But that's what I'm hoping for. Not so much that it boils over and we get people sent off or we make mistakes, but, you know, just a good, honest performance and hopefully we get a result. I mean, all I can ask for is penalties. Do you know what I mean? At bare minimum, pe penalties. We get two goals at home and stop them from scoring and, and get penalties and then see what happens from there. Beat them like we did the last time. I don't want penalties. I want three goals and I'll tell you for why. Go on. We've got those other scummy boys coming to the lane on Sunday and I don't want to be tired. Or Saturday, I don't, I don't want to be tired. No, and I agree with that as well. I just don't see where the three goals are coming from. <laughs> I can see two. I, but you said a magic night of football. so we Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, no, I hear you. Let's get through the admin before we get out of here, bro. Yeah. Uh, we've got some new cities, I think, to shout this week. But before we shout the new cities, I'm going to shout man like Conrad Duncan, who got at us on the Twitter. See, this is what happens if you get us on the Twitter. You might get a quick shout out. He said he was the White Horse guy and the Yukon guy. No, is that right? No, he was a Colorado guy and White Horse in Yukon. Canada, that was him, he was travelling listening to the pod, so we respect that, we shout out two cities that you touched down in so shout out to you, Conrad Duncan Massive Conrad Yeah, 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 and we got, who we got I think we got, I'm not going to do the Kwabna thing, because obviously he's a 15%, it's gone up again Kwabna 15% traveller of the world so we got Bullwin North in Australia, shout out to you guys been listening hard, love that uh, who else we got I think that was the only city this week to be fair, it was that city in Conrad I wanted to shout this week. So, new cities, only one. Keep coming. We are the Shelfside Podcast. You can find us on at ShelfPod on Twitter. And you can find us on all the podcast platforms. And YouTube, Lero. <laughs> Finally. <Go> <laughs> Finally. Like, will this be on YouTube tonight? 
Not tonight. I've got to do a bit of work. But okay. we'll put it on YouTube hopefully tomorrow. And has everyone submitted their pictures with their Spurs um, image Jersey's wearer? On. I'm going to no, wear I'm a hoodie. Just take it from Twitter. That's what I've had to do. Have, have I got Spurs on Twitter? No, just your your Twitter um, image I've taken. That's what I've done with the others. Right, so I'm, I'm going to send you... Yours. I bought, Listen, this is how conscious I was. I thought we're going to need some money um, for January sales. I went and bought a Spurs tracksuit top. I haven't spent money on Spurs like or on image wear for myself in years. My kids have bought me stuff. I bought my kids stuff. But I have I went and spent sixty odd quid so that could add to the kitty. So if you have to That's buy someone for thirty million and sixty pound, no that sixty pound was me. Well, the idea is that your £60 plus all the other hundreds of thousands of or millions of fans that we've got spend £60, that will buy us a player. That's the idea. Your £60 can only go so far. Well, I ain't taking the tags off because if, if they don't buy anyone <laughs> in January, I'm sending it back. Get my money back. <laughs> I hope you got 30 days on that and I hope you didn't buy it from Sports Direct because you won't get it back. Where did I get it from? Well, I could spend it on something else. I think it was Sports Direct, you know. They don't do refunds. You have to go in there with your your hammer and your other tools to get a refund. <laughs> well, I just get yeah, get something else. <laughs> so, guys, YouTube, um, YouTube, all the podcast platforms, leave us a five star review, please, because we only give you five star content. Remember to keep smiling because the sun always shines on the Shelf Side podcast. And we are still unbeaten in the league under Conte. So expect top four. Lero, do what it is that you do. Please run the outro. <laughs> Where the show side, where the show side, where the show side talking in. Where the show side, where the show side talking in.